as we prepare for Holy Communion, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 26. And we'll be looking at Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29, which should be a very familiar communion text for you. And as you're, you're turning there, I, I want to, to remind you that the, the setting of this is during the Passover. As a matter of fact, if you look at verses 17 through 19, it essentially says, hey, go make preparations for the Passover meal. And every time I think of the Passover, I think of one of my favorite traditions or what has become one of my favorite traditions. And it's every year on New Year's Eve, we have what we call a Christmas tree burn. And, and we gather together, and, and those that have live trees have not watered them since Christmas Day. And what we do is that we then put the dried-up tree on a fire pit and allow it to burn. Don't worry, Mayor, we don't do it in forest, and we may not do it this year due to burn bans. But the beauty of it is not just the fire but the beauty of it is that as each person places a tree on the fire pit, they do it in honor or memory of something or someone. As they remember what God has done for them, and sometimes they do it in hope of what God will do in the coming year. And this is what they were doing in Passover as they, they cling to what God has done for the Jewish people. They cling to how God has provided for them, but they also come in hope of what God will do. And as I think about that, I just think how beautiful this is and how many of us would benefit from such a practice. That if, and not just at Passover, not just at Communion Sundays, but to rise and give thanks for what God has done. To arise and be hopeful for what God is doing. Especially as we look around our world and so frequently we lose sight of those things. We find ourselves growing worrisome. Oh God, where are you? We can find ourselves being hopeless and going, there's nothing that God can do any further. And even then, the Jewish people arose and said, God, you have provided. And God, even amidst the darkness, we know that you will. And what a beautiful message to remember. But as they prepare for Passover, I don't know if any of you have ever sat in on a Seder meal for the Passover, but the beauty of it is that everything represents something. There, there, there's moments where you will, you will dip things in, in salt water and it's not very appeasing to the palate, but it is to remind you of the tears of the Jewish people while they were in exile. 
There, there's, there's certain things that are meant to look and appear as the mortar that was used as they were being oppressed and forced to build things for the Egyptians. But one of the key aspects of the Passover Seder meal is the four cups of wine. And the four cups of wine are meant to represent the four promises that we hear from God in Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Where we hear, Therefore say to the Israelites that I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with a mighty axe of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the, jo- the yoke of the Egyptians. And so each cup represents one of these I will statements. And they've got special times throughout the meal. And the first one is at the beginning of the meal. And it's the cup of sanctification that says, I will free you from oppression. And the second cup is the cup of deliverance that says, I will rescue you from slavery. And then as the meal wraps up, and this is where I want to enter into our text in Matthew 26, verse 26, the third cup shows up. And this is the cup of redemption that says, I will redeem you with outstretched arm. Except for Jesus, a good rabbi, knows this liturgy, but listen to what he says. That while they were eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I want want to pause right there and remind you of the I will statement that this is to reflect. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. And Jesus is saying, this is my blood. This is the cup of redemption. And I can imagine these disciples that have grown up participating in this meal, and then all of a sudden they go, wait a minute, Jesus, that's not what the liturgy says. I know what the Apostles' Creed says. What are you talking about here, Jesus? I know what we're supposed to call in response at what moment. What are you talking about? As he lays this out for them. As he says, this 
is the cup of redemption. And he re- he's pointing them to the one thing that they don't seem to ever be able to truly wrap their mind around. And I don't think that we can ever truly wrap our minds around because of how beautiful and how gracious it is. But it is the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. And if you can ever wrap your mind around it, then we need to have a talk. Because it's nothing that we could have ever done to deserve it or earn it. But it is your Lord and your Savior taking your sins to do your redemptive work on your behalf. And so he proclaims, this is my blood. And he reminds them, he's pointing them to that what I will do with an outstretched arm is redeem you. He transforms this third cup. But then, if you look at the end of our text today, it says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, if you're a mathematician, you may be saying, wait a minute, what about the fourth cup? I'm sure that the disciples were saying, wait a minute, what about the fourth cup? We we know what we're supposed to do. We know when we're supposed to do it. Jesus, what are you doing? You, You have forgotten about this cup of restoration. But notice what Jesus says right before they leave in verse 29. I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus is saying, this is where the fourth cup will show up, but I also want to remind you of what happens in John chapter 19 as Jesus is doing the redemptive work with outstretched arms on the cross. And it says that knowing that everything had, no, had now been finished and that so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus utters these words, I am thirsty. And as he utters those words, if you go look at John 19 verse 29, what did they provide him to drink? Oh, you guessed it, a jar of wine vinegar soaked in a sponge and put on a stalk of hyssop lifted to Jesus's lips. And I love the imagery here because in case you're unaware, a hyssop branch is the very branch that the Jewish people would use to spread the blood of the lamb at Passover. And so here is Jesus uttering, I thirst, and he is being offered this wine, vinegar, and as he partakes of it, he utters that phrase that we all know, it is finished. And he breathes his last breath. And so the disciples who were sitting there with him, knowing that they had missed the fourth cup, 
knowing and expecting, Jesus, where is this cup of restoration? Would see him partake and would be reminded of his utterance. I will not partake of this until I'm with you in my father's house. And it would be a reminder that at this moment, Jesus has gone forth to prepare a place for you and for me. That as as Jesus utters these things of, I am thirsty. He is asking for restoration amongst God's creation. And so I must ask the question, as we prepare to come and receive the fourth cup, are we seeking to be that restorative presence in God's creation? As the disciples gathered around the cross, heartbroken of the loss of a friend and a rabbi, I'm sure that they started to realize this was more than just a Passover meal with Jesus, but that they would see the symbolism that Jesus was now part of that meal. As Jesus was the sacrifice to be offered, You see, another key part of the Passover meal is this. The offering of the Paschal Lamb. The spotless one as a sacrifice for your sins. And here is the spotless Lamb being sacrificed for the forgiveness of our sins. And I love the beauty as I've talked about the imagery of all of this. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm nerding out a little bit, but I have a tendency to do that when it comes to Holy Communion sometimes. But I love the beauty of the imagery that later on in the meal, those very families that would offer these lambs up would then consume the lamb. And so what a reminder as we, the family of God, offer up this spotless lamb, or better yet, he offers himself up for us. And then we come. We come seeking to partake of the fourth cup of God's restorative work. We come to partake in the flesh of that paschal lamb. We come... Seeking hope and restoration. As we are reminded not of simply what Christ has done for us on the cross, but we are coming with hope of what Christ will do and is doing even now in our church, in our communities, and in our lives. I hope. That as you come this day, you don't simply come reminded of what Christ did do, but believing that Christ's grace is still sufficient and is still at work and that God is not dead. He did not stay on that cross. Do we believe that this day? Because I think so frequently we come and we go, oh, what a beautiful sentiment that Jesus did for me. And then we go out and we act like Jesus is still in the tomb and has no restorative work that he can do amongst our churches anymore. He has no restorative work he can do in his creation anymore. 
He is not the Paschal Lamb. He is simply the one that came and died for me, but not for all people. And we have cheapened the redemptive grace of God's only Son. And so as we come, we come prepared to receive that fourth cup of the Passover meal. We come to partake of the Paschal Lamb, if you will, being reminded that in Jesus, we are set free. In Jesus, we have been rescued. We have been redeemed. And in Jesus, have been restored because the beauty of the cup of restoration is this it is the reminder that Christ is our God and we are his people and so as we prepare to come and receive this gift it's a reminder that we don't just come proclaiming, yes, Lord, you are my God, but it is also a reminder of the responsibility that we take with us to be God's people in God's creation, to share his love and his grace and his mercy with a world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel his presence, to shine his light and his love above all things. Because I've shared it before and I'll share it again. We live in dark times that may seem hopeless. But the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is in Christ. Nothing is hopeless, not even death. But we are provided hope and grace and mercy and salvation through him. And we as God's people are called to go forth and provide that same hope and grace and mercy and lead them to salvation through Jesus Christ. As we come to receive, so often I heard it said by one of my seminary professors, we come saying, give me, give me, give me. It's often reflected in how we come, and I'm not trying to guilt anybody because I'm guilty of it myself, in how we receive Holy Communion. As we say, give me, give me. But it's a reminder sometimes that we come with a posture of humility that says, God, not give me, but I receive. I receive this gift salvation and restoration. I receive this gift of redemption as I'm reminded of what you have done and as I come hopeful of what you will do and are doing even now. And so as we come, we come to receive. Reminded of Christ's work for us. We humbly come knowing that we could not have done it for ourselves and we don't even deserve it. And then hopefully, we humbly go, offering that, even to those people, yes, that we don't think deserve it. 
but extending the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Because here's the beauty of the United Methodist table. It's an open table. I'm not going to speak to any other churches or any other denominations, but the United Methodist Church believes in an open table which proclaims this. If you come desiring the restorative grace of Jesus Christ, desiring his redemption in your life, you are welcome at this table. No matter who you've been or where you've come from, you are welcome here. Because we also believe in open hearts, open minds, and yes, open doors to go along with our open table. And so if you desire this day to come and to receive the redemptive grace of Jesus Christ, born through the fourth cup and the paschal lamb, this meal is for you. And I don't know about you, but I give thanks to God for that table. Because I'm not worthy to come, but he invites me anyways. And as we come, we come thirsty. 